0: Artemis 1 successfully launched from Kennedy Space Center in Florida and the mobile launch system, the infrastructure in the mobile launcher, they sustained a little bit of damage during this launch. Engineers have determined overall all that the mobile launcher and the pad systems used for the SLS launch all performed as designed during the launch and are continually structurally sound. The ground systems, umbilical retracts on the mobile launcher, the software used, and the ignition overpressure and sound suppression systems from the water deluge system, and that's the system that sprays tons of water to dampen the acoustic shock and to protect the deck and to protect the systems From the SLS rocket itself throughout the launch, they diverted the flames properly and they dampened the sound properly. And they're all supported the launch as expected through the countdown. And as the Space Launch System rocket had 8.8 million pounds of thrust onto the structure while it left Earth. Mike Serafin during the broadcast said the exploration ground systems exceeded our expectation for its overall performance. That's the Artemis mission manager saying this during a November 21st news briefing following Orion's closest lunar flyby. Also said, we did have a little bit of damage on the mobile launcher, but it will be ready to support Artemis 2, and we had accounted for that previously in our pre-plan and our budget for the time before Artemis 1 and Artemis 2. The assessment, which began the day of launch, November 16th, and concluded Friday, November 18th, enabled the teams to inspect areas on the mobile launcher and identify specific damage and debris around the pad. Now, these engineers identified minor damage to umbilicals and the crew access arm on the mobile launcher. And damage to the pneumatic lines associated with gaseous nitrogen and gaseous helium caused the oxygen sensors on the pad to show there were low oxygen readings due to leaks which the teams have since isolated. And the most significant issue is the damage to the elevators, which required the team to use the stairs for inspections of a 355-foot-tall tower structure. That's 662 steps that these teams had to climb in order to do their job. And it extended the time required for the inspection. If the elevators were to be there, they would have just rode the elevator up and done the inspections that way. So the elevators will remain out of service for several months to complete the repairs due to the damage from the SLS rocket launch. Debris assessments around the pad found the solid rocket booster's throat plug material, which is purposefully expelled at liftoff and commonly found at the pad post-launch. All the debris found at the pad include pieces of the caulk-like material from Orion, though teams are unclear if that was detached during the launch or during Hurricane Nicole. Now remember, they left the rocket out there during the hurricane, and there were pieces of the Orion capsule, the caulk on the Orion capsule, that they felt either they could trim off or that will shred off during the launch, and this could have been during the launch that this happened. So it was either during the hurricane or it was during the launch time. And overall, the mobile launcher and the pad post-launch inspections have yielded findings that are consistent with expectations and similar to those of the space shuttle launches. So everything seems to be going as planned for the Artemis One post-launch look at Pad 39B. So what's next for the mobile launcher? Well, teams are in the process of coordinating and scheduling repairs for the thing, and those will be completed before the mobile launcher returns to the vehicle assembly building in several weeks, and it'll be taken to a parking location at Kennedy Space Center, where we'll undergo emergency egress modifications and testing to prepare for the Artemis II crewed mission. And Artemis II is an absolutely crucial mission to get people from the Earth to the surface of the Moon. And in future missions, people will be landing on the Moon again. Artemis III, people are supposed to land on the Moon again. They'll be using SpaceX Starship along with the Orion capsule And those two will dock in the orbit of the moon. The starship will land on the surface of the moon. And Artemis 2 is important because it'll follow similar steps to the Artemis 1 program. And the thing is, they can change these things as needed. Because Artemis 1 program, they had dummies inside of the capsule. And these dummies were doing readings throughout the whole thing, getting data about the whole mission. And Artemis 2, they're going to send people around the moon do another orbit similar to Artemis 1 and land them in the Pacific Ocean off the coast of San Diego. Now, astronauts on their first flight aboard NASA's Orion spacecraft will tra- their, travel farther into the solar system than humanity has ever traveled before. These people will be trailblazers and their mission will be to confirm all of the spacecraft systems operate as designed with a crew aboard in the actual environment of deep space. And the Artemis 2 flight test will be NASA's first mission with crew and will pave the way to land the first woman and the next man on the moon on Artemis 2. Or on Artemis 3, sorry about that. And building on those early missions, NASA's Artemis program will return humans to the moon for long-term exploration and future missions to Mars. So the Artemis 2 mission, super important. Artemis 3, I would say, is just as, if not way more important than Artemis 2 and that's because when people set their feet back on the moon it will engage the public again it'll get people excited about moon travel again and also humanity kind of wants to go back to the moon anyway we could build bases there that's the plan for the artemis mission through these uncrewed missions the artemis 1 mission and the crewed mission of artemis 2 and then the crewed mission of artemis 3 artemis 4 etc we will slowly be building the pieces to put people back on the moon and Artemis' director just recently said they want to put people back on the moon by 2030 in a living capacity. So basically, they want people staying on the moon for a little while. Let's just say it's going to be an Airbnb on the moon for a little bit instead of a, a full base. But they'll be staying in the starship capsule. Starship is huge. It's 150 feet tall. It's a massive, massive rocket. And they need an elevator to get from the top of it to the surface of the moon. That's how big it is. I spent at least 10 months at Starbase in Texas filming every single day, watching them build the rocket from the side of Highway 4. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, the rocket is absolutely enormous you could get it's literally right across the street from where you film you're a couple hundred yards away from it there's no giant walls blocking anything you can pretty much see everything and it's going to be absolutely critical for these artemis 1 and artemis 2 missions to be great and also for spacex to work on the starship program at boca chica in texas during the time of artemis 2. They're continuously working on the Starship, and hopefully, Elon said, they will be launching the first orbital flight test of Starship, which will be more powerful than the SLS rocket. It'll be the most powerful rocket that has ever flown by humanity. And when they get that thing into low Earth orbit, that's the first step for Starship and for the Starship program and SpaceX's program to get people back to the moon. It's going to be incredible when they do this. So what's going to happen is the, the Orion capsule is going to dock with the starship. The starship's going to go to the lunar surface and the astronauts are going to be checking all the systems. This is during Artemis 3. The The astronauts will be checking all the systems on the way to the moon. And also when they dock with the, the Orion capsule and the starship, they're going to have to transport people from the Orion capsule into the starship. Similarly to what they do with a dragon capsule to the international space station. The starship is like I said before, absolutely massive. It could be a space station on its own. If you just leave it in orbit, you could do a lot of scientific experiments and you could also have a moon lander with the same rocket. So crucial, crucial to the program. And if they don't do this properly, if they don't do the Artemis 3 properly, then they're going to have to they're going to stall the program for years possibly. So SpaceX they're going to be doing the orbital flight test then they're going to have to do a test of a moon landing with just the starship without people in it so they're going to have to make a moon variant of a starship before Artemis 3 and they have to test it and make sure that it's human capable so what they could do and it really depends on how they work with NASA and the government and you know how many test flights they have but they're scheduled for one test flight to the moon To land on the moon to test their systems. That's it. As far as we know, SpaceX can do whatever they want outside of their NASA contract though. So if they want to do two or three different moon landings to test their systems, that's totally okay too. They just have to run it by the launch commanders and everybody else at NASA, wherever they're going to be launching from. They could possibly launch this from Texas and do a moon landing from Texas, But I doubt that's going to happen. And they're currently building a Starship launch platform at the Kennedy Space Center in Florida at NASA. So I believe they're going to be launching their first Earth to moon mission from NASA's facilities there. And it's going to be important for them to get that right the first time, possibly the second time. You know, who knows? They have to have a really perfect record for this thing, though, because these are these are crude flights and people don't want the risk of something going wrong during a crewed flight.